0: God, we thank you that your presence is here. And, Father, we thank you now that your presence is here. You're ready to do a work even amongst us. So we thank you that our hearts is open and receptive to receive your word on tonight. And, God, we bind every spirit, every evil spirit that will come out against us on tonight, God, to hinder, to harass, to oppress in the name of Jesus. God, we bind every torment and spirit that will come against our minds on tonight. In Jesus' name. And God, I come against every sickness and every disease, and I command it to bow down right now in the name of Jesus. God, I release your healing in this place in the name of Jesus, because you said by Jesus' scribes we were already healed. So we thank you tonight for your healing in Jesus' name. And God, I speak peace be still in the midst of us on tonight in Jesus' name. And now, God, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've been teaching on church discipline. And I'm going to go over so far what we've been teaching on and add a little bit more to it. We talked about what church discipline is. It is to bring correction to the body of Christ based upon the word of God. And I went over Matthew 24 just to um, let you know that we are disciples, we are followers of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 10, 24 it says, A student, a disciple, is a follower, is not better than his teacher and a servant is not better than his master, his Lord. So I use that scripture to bring out that we are students, we are followers of Jesus Christ. So being that we're students and followers of him, we are taught by him. And when you're given the word of God, it is up to us to obey what the word of God is telling us as being followers of Jesus Christ. Just like Jesus said in the word that he only do what the father would have for him to do. So anything that the father tells Jesus to do, that's what he does. And that's what the body of Christ have to do. We have to follow the word of God. And in the church, when you're not following the word of God, you are out of order. So this teaching is to bring order back to the body of Christ due to what the word of God is saying. We went over Matthew 28, and we know that was the great commission when it was saying, so go and make followers, disciples of all people in the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, teach them to obey everything that I have taught you, and I will be with you always. So Jesus was telling them everything that you learned from me, He said, I want you to give it to them. They were taught by Jesus. They were taught by him. They were disciplined by him. So he said, everything I taught you, that's what I want you to go out and do. And this is what we're supposed to do. Whatever you're learning in Clem's school, whatever you're getting taught, you're supposed to be a disciple. You're supposed to be a follower of Jesus. And you're supposed to go out and teach what you have been taught. But if you're not observing everything that you have been taught, then how can you go out and have somebody else to observe what you have not taken in yourself? Amen. We went over Ephesians 6:4, and I was using these examples to let us know, just like in a home, when we have our parents in that home, that parent is going to train us up in the way that we should go. And when we get old, we will not depart from it because we were trained um, from birth. And actually, that training should start in the womb where that baby is growing in that womb. So when that baby come out, that baby is nurtured, and that baby is knowing the ways of the Lord. But we know when a person is in the world and doing things of the world, that baby is being fed by the world. So we're supposed to train our children up. When a mother and father love their children, they don't want to... um, send them out any kind of way they want to let them know if you do wrong this is what's going to happen from the wrong that you do and that's how it is in the body of Christ there are consequences when you do wrong just like we talked about Cain when he killed his brother Abel sin was lying at the door and waiting for him and that's why God said if you do good don't you know you accept it But he let him know that when we get out of the will of God, sin is always waiting for us. And there is some correction and there is some discipline that need to take place in the body of Christ. For some reason, Christians think that they do not supposed to be disciplined. They think they can come in and out of the church any kind of way, say what they want to say, do what they want to do. But we represent and great and mighty God. We represent king of kings and the Lord of lords, and we want to represent him well. And when you represent him well, nobody has to ask you if you're saved because they know what household you have come out of. They know that you have come out of the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of darkness. And I believe that's why it's such a fight. When it comes to Christians, the flesh is fighting against the spirit. It's because some of us still have one foot out here in the world, and we have one foot in the kingdom, and we're trying to decide what are we going to do. But when you're taught well by your father, to be taught by your father, you have to develop that relationship and that intimacy with that father and know how much that father loves you. And the father loves you so much, he's going to put you up under a good shepherd. He's going to put you up under a person that he can trust that will teach you the things of God and the way of God. And their life is representing him and they're not going outside of his will and his way. This is why it is so important not only coming to Clem or coming to church services, Bible study or whatever is going on. But you need to have your time with him at home. You need to have that time when you go into the word of God for yourself, especially in areas that you're having a hard time with. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Spirit because he's our teacher and he's our helper. This is who God has left with us to help us along the way when we're going through different situations. We can ask the Holy Spirit, and he's there to comfort us. He's there to teach us. He's there to guide us into all truth, and he's only going to testify to the truth. And we can follow that in St. John 14, 15, and 16. So we want to make sure that we understand what the word of God is saying unto us. And I love in Hebrews 12... Um, verse 5 through 12 when we was talking about God chastised those whom he loved and the Bible said when we don't receive chastisement from the father it's just like we are I'm just going to say this word I'm not cursing bastards meaning that we're not accepting his discipline so it's making us look like that we're not a part of him so when you go outside of the will and the word of God you going outside of your father's will outside of what your father want for you and you're saying that's not my father and I believe all of us that are born again that are saved we want the love of the father and we want to begin to show others the love of the father we want to begin to show others the kingdom that we are from which is the kingdom of light and not the kingdom of darkness and this is why we come together and assemble ourselves and we fellowship one with another because all of us are brothers and sisters in Christ So if anybody get out of order in the body of Christ, it's not always up to the pastor to bring correction or discipline. Because if you're seeing your brother and sister that's in a fault or doing something they're doing outside of the will and word of God, you should be be the one to bring them correction through what you have learned. You don't wait on a pastor or somebody to correct them. You saw what they were doing. I use an example of an older sister with a younger sister that older sister was born first. So she got to know those parents um, first and foremost. So when that little sister's real little and wanna be rambunctious and wanna do some stuff they shouldn't do, how about the older sister say, "Uh -uh uh-uh, uh-uh. You know, mom and daddy's not gonna like that. So they're training that little, she's training that little sister the way her parents have trained her. Isn't that awesome? But if you got a older sister that's buck wild that was never trained properly, and the younger sister is following her, that younger sister is going to be buck wild too because they think that's a normal way of living, a normal way of being. Do we not see this now? We see children all over the place, don't know when to sit down, can't say yes sir, yes ma'am, always saying stuff, cursing. Little kids curse you out at a young age. And then parents will say, I don't know where they got that from. They got it from somewhere the teacher is not cursing while she's doing the lesson um in school so they got it from someone so this is when a parent and and I believe the Holy Spirit is leading this way when a parent get called in to uh a conference and the teacher is telling them what this child is doing and the parent mouth is just tore wide open can't believe what the child had said and The best thing that a parent need to do is not ask that child questions in front of that teacher. Because if you ask that child, what made you say this? Well, mama, you said it to daddy last night. So see, they know where they're getting it from. So we end up embarrassing our own selves because they're bringing home to school. So when we train up a child in the way that they should go and they won't depart from it, and then we discipline that child based on them going outside of what the word of God is saying, and you know, sometimes people look at discipline with children, and this is the honest God truth. Uh, go to time away, or go to uh, time out. Is it time away, and what else is it? Time out. Do y'all know them kids? A, a punch a hole in the wall, looking at the wall. They'll find something to do, and time out. That ain't resolve that problem. Sometimes you got to take what it, you got to give them a good spanking. And let them know now, I want you to know first, this is why i 'm spanking you. I know when I was growing up, when I got spankings, I always was told why I was getting a spanking, like i didn 't know, but they would always sit you down and explain this is why i 'm spanking you it 's going to hurt me more than it 's hurting you for real yeah that 's just a tail right there because you ain 't the one getting spanking, but that 's what they say. And you come to realize as you grow up and as you get older, you say, mom and daddy really love me. Because if they had not have chastised me when I needed that chastisement, then look what I would have done in this situation. So this is why we're doing church discipline is because in the body of Christ, you got a lot of wounded soldiers that don't want discipline. That think that they can say what they want to say, do what they want to do in the house of God. Now, this is just a place we come and fellowship. You're the church. This is where the Holy Spirit dwell, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit dwell in you. You're the temple. So everywhere you go, they're going to know what household you are from because you got to represent him well. So we talked about um, that, and we also talked about in the Old Testament, how discipline was in the old testament and we looked at first of all um adam and eve and we see that we saw that they were in paradise and we saw what had happened god gave um, adam a command do not eat from that tree in genesis 2 of good of knowledge of good and evil now this is what god commanded him not to do god was their father and he was a loving father and how many of y'all know that as parents if a stove is on and the stove is hot and you're saying do not go near that stove and you haven't actually told them why not to go (laughs) near that stove you just told them do not go near that stove now children these days they're going to say why why can't i go near that stove but sometimes you could just say don't go near the stove no explanation Re- children will respect you because they know you love them so much and there's a reason why. And sometimes you don't even have to tell them why just don't do it. So he told them, do not eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said the day you eat from that tree, you surely will die. That was a promise. But it was a command from a loving father because he knew once they ate from that tree, they were going to die spiritually. The life of God was going to come out of them. And they were not going to have that life in them no more. They were going to represent the world, which is death. And that happened. So look at the consequences that happened after they ate from the tree, y'all. They found out they were naked. They became ashamed. They were guilty. They went through shame, guilt, fear, and then they went through blaming, having accusations. Well, the woman you gave me, she made me do it. No, first of all, he blamed God, right? You gave me that woman, so you to blame first of all. And then the woman made, like she made him eat that apple. Well, I can say this. We got some Ahabs. A woman can tell a man to jump. He say, how high, baby? Because he want peace in the home, right? long as I get my peace, baby, I jump over a wall for you, right? Because I don't want to hear your mouth whine, whine, why, why all the time. So sometimes this is what a man does just to get, get the peace. But Adam, he listened to Eve. He disobeyed God. So guess what? They got kicked out of the garden, right? So those were the consequences. They could not go back in that garden because God said, if I allow you to stay in this garden full of sin, full of death, then you have to live like that forever. And that's not my plan for you. So we see that it was discipline in the beginning with Adam and Eve. Look at Cain and Abel. We talked about that. There was discipline with who? With Cain and Abel. They went through. They knew because they were taught by their parents. Any parent who go through something, I don't know about you, if I go through something in my life, I'm going to share it with my children. And I'm going to say, this is something that I went through in my life that got me in a lot of trouble. So I want to sit down and talk to you because there's a time in in your kid's life that you want to sit down and you really want to be open with your children so they will understand what's going on around them in the world. Some things you may not have them to do, but you want to explain this is why I'm not going to allow this in my home. This is why we don't bring these things in my home. You don't just sometimes say, what did I say? You have to at times explain it to your kids so you can develop that relationship more so you can communicate and talk to those children in a loving way, just like your father is so loving. Amen. So we went over Cain and Abel. We went over Adam and Eve. We went over um, Saul. He was disobedient in 1 Samuel. Um, I believe it was the 13th chapter and then the 15th chapter. Y'all know the people wanted him as a king. God gave the people what they wanted, but God already knew the outcome. Saul started out being disobedient because he said, Wait on me before you do the sacrifice. First of all, Saul was king. He could not do the sacrifice. It had to be done by a priest. But no, he feared the people. He'd rather uh, fear man than fear God. So what he did, he took it upon himself. I'm going to do this sacrifice. So guess what? The kingdom was taken from Saul because of disobedience. So when we're disobedient to God, guess what? It gives the enemy lead and enroll into your life to do whatever he want to do. Because you opened that door. Sin was waiting on you. So there's consequences on being disobedient. And quit saying, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? You allowed it to happen to yourself. we are, It goes back to the garden, y'all. Didn't they cast blame? God told them what not to do. We always put it on somebody else. If you had not, then I wouldn't be in this jail right now. But no, all of us have a will. We have a choice. You did the crime, and now you're going to do the time if it's overnight. You're going to do it because what happens is when your parents tell you don't do something, you don't do it. And there's a reason why. I remember me and my sister, we used to sneak out because daddy wouldn't let us y'all go party or nothing. And y'all, I actually stayed with a a pastor, a prophet. He he knew everything. But tonight, I was going to try myself. So I went out that night, and no, we would sneak out, thinking granddaddy didn't know, right? But what granddaddy would do, he would come in that room at 5 o'clock in the morning, get up. You're going out there in the bean field. I said, uh-uh, I can't go right now, Granddaddy. You just don't understand. He said, if you don't get up, I'm going to dump this water on you. So my punishment was going in that bean field early in the morning. I, he, he, he let me know. You think I don't know? I know what you're doing. So then we got brave. I said, we're going to ask Daddy. So me and my sister went to Daddy, and we said, Daddy, can we go um, to the Big Four tonight? He said, no. You're not going, he said, because this is the time they be shooting. I believe it was uh, welcoming in the new year. Daddy, come on. Let us go. Everybody going. He said, well, you ain't going. That man sitting right over there, boyfriend, right there, now husband. You would think because I didn't go, let's get some amens in here. Can I get some witnesses? Come on, y'all, help me out. Y'all would think because the girlfriend didn't go. Why did he need to go if the girlfriend was at home? Holy Spirit, help me with that one. (laughs) So he went partying and took my cousin with him, Missy. Missy then went. You know what he did? He left my cousin. They started shooting. (laughs) Now, what am I saying? What if I was disobedient and did not listen to my daddy and went? I could have been killed because I did not listen. So this is why I'm saying that when your parents tell you no, they tell you no for a reason. Sometimes you may not understand that no, but that no protects you at that time. So that's what God does to us. Every word in the Bible is already written. It's not going to be erased. It's not going to be changed. It is written, and all of his um, promises is yes, and in Christ Jesus is amen. That means it is so. That means it's not going to be no change. He said, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. I change not. He's not like man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? So when we develop our relationship with him, We can truly trust his guidance knowing that he's not going to lead us in darkness. He's just leading us towards the light. Amen. Because he the word is that light It's that illumination. So the more that we come to him, y'all, the more we get to walk in that light and we don't have to entertain that darkness because that light will expose that darkness. God is just so good to us. He's such a loving father. And when we come to him. And we talk with him he's gonna talk with us I don't know about y'all about we hours of the morning when I can't fall asleep I'll just sit there and I'll just talk to God and I remember the other morning I was sitting there and I was talking to God and you know I just said a little prayer and I got ready to roll over and then I turned back around and I asked God something and he said didn't you just ask me that I said yes He said, well, why are you turning back around and questioning me if you trust me? Oh God. I said, God, I'm so sorry. He said, if you ask me something according to my will and my word, he said, you should know it's already done. So you shouldn't have to come back to me and ask me something to contradict what my words say. I said, oh, thank you, Father. He was chastising me, y'all. Daddy loves me. He come back in and boy, y'all. I don't know. I feel good. I don't know about y'all. I love that correction when I hear from a loving father, because he reminded me: if you trust me, Amanda, why are you coming back in again? He said you should trust me enough to know I love you just that much to know you don't have to come back. Yo, that's a hallelujah. That's a hallelujah because. When he say what he say, he mean what he says. Amen? I'm telling you, y'all, this church discipline, I don't know about y'all, but every time I go in here to get something for y'all, I'm like, Jesus, it's more. It's more. The word is so full of him, and it's so full of his love that I can't even teach you before I'm checked anyone who go in this word to try to get something for somebody else and you're not checked something's wrong because God will check you I don't try to go in here just to find something to say nah nah nah. I got something on you no I always when I go in here I have to just sit there and I have to talk to him while I'm in the word and say thank you father for showing me that now I gave you some out of the old and it's more that I gave you But I'm going to go into the new, and the Lord was showing me this, and y'all, I just got stuck right there. Because I'm like, oh my goodness, the church is tore up. And sometimes people don't realize how tore up the church is until you get into the word of God, and the word begin to speak to you, you'll be like, Jesus, Jesus, we got saints that need help. We got set apart people that need help and don't even realize they need the help. Because when you get so used to doing what you do, I'm going to tell you what happens. The Holy Spirit get grieved and the Holy Spirit get quenched. It's like the Holy Spirit ain't saying nothing. Not that he's not there. It's just that you're not listening to him. So you keep doing the same thing over and over just a different day and it has become so much a part of you you living like it's okay but when a saint come along that has a relationship with God do you know that saint can smell sin can walk in and know something is off something is not right you can feel it in the atmosphere you know where people are when you come in the atmosphere you like whoo Jesus Jesus said, I'm here, but they really haven't invited me. He said, I got to let me out of the box. And some of us have so many things before him. You can't even hear what he's saying, but he took me to first Corinthians, the fifth chapter. And this is what I'm going to deal with on tonight. And I probably stop at this first one, (laughs) but we're going to see what the Holy Spirit does. First Corinthians, the fifth chapter verse one, it says, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. So Paul is talking to the Corinthians and these Corinthians, they're they're saved folks, they're born again, they're saints, they're Christians. But Paul said, this is reported commonly among you. So it was not only in the church folk, but it was on the outside too with the sinners. Oh, this is deep because see, sometimes people think that, you know, nobody know, but when it's in the church, in the church and it's outside the church. And then he was saying, even the pagans don't even do what you do with, they don't even do what you do. Y'all come on. When I, I got stuck on verse one, because This is what's happening in the church. He said, it is commonly named among you, meaning that it's in the church. People outside the church know. People inside the church know. And you in the church acting puffed up like it's okay. This is in the church. People coming to church, raising their hands, praising Jesus. I'm just going to talk straight forward with you. It's at the pulpit. Pastor having an affair. Everybody know this is what's happening in the church. People on the outside know the pastor having an affair. People on the inside know the pastor having an affair. The ones that's over the pastor know the pastor's having an affair, but they act like it's okay. So that means they become arrogant. Let me tell you why they become arrogant. Because the numbers in the church look good. The tides look good. You know, we got everybody coming to our church. So they become puffed up because they think they're so spiritual. But Paul say, you got sin in the church. And it don't supposed to be amongst you. Come on, it's in the church. It's on the choir. It meets you at the door and people know that the pastor's with the usher at the door and she's smiling and he's hallelujah and the church is full. This is happening amongst us. And they say, they okay. They say, you living too holy. I come out of the world. Not to be like the world and do what the world does. I am in it, but I don't supposed to be like it. And I don't supposed to be subject to it. So a pastor supposed to take authority in the house of God and say, not in this house. But we're not doing it. Why? Because we're afraid we're going to lose members. It's better to lose the member than lose the soul. Because you can lose people behind one person. And people get so upset. They don't even want you to talk about fornication. They don't want you to say nothing about fornication. By the way, fornication is having sex outside of marriage. That means if you're born again, if you said I do, if you said I need him because I can't live this life no more that I'm living, that means you turn yourself. Over to him. You know what that means? I have been crucified. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Meaning that the life I live, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me, who loved me. He loved me enough to die on my behalf for what I was doing, fornicating, lying, stealing, murdering. He said, I'm going to lay down my life for you. So if he loved me that much to take on the sin of the whole world, why would I still want to do something that he took? So this is what was happening in the church. They were having church. Thinking they were living right. And nothing was, and they ain't even the end of it. Fornication, meaning the son was sleeping with his stepmother. Incest. Outside of the church knew it. Inside of the church knew it. And they were still saying, oh, how I love Jesus. Church fool. You know why the church fool? Because the devil said, come on in there. Come on, they're having a party up in there. Come on, if he can sleep with his mother, I probably can sleep with my cousin now. If he can have the mama, I can have the cousin. Oh, thank you, G. Yep, hallelujah, because I can get my cousin. Y'all don't get it. They're praising God so hard in there because they feel like they're free, just like Amnon when he took Tamar. They found a church that allowed this mess. But thank God for a man of God that he didn't have to be there. He didn't have to be there to bring correction. Oh, y'all, this is so good. This is so good because, see, people don't want to point this out. Pastors don't even want to bring this up because they're so f- afraid that the tides going to get low. Nobody don't want to pay no more. Nobody don't want to come no more. They ain't going to have nothing but empty chairs. So be it whosoever will let them come so we ain't looking at how many we can get in we're looking to the author and finisher of our faith and whomever he want to plant he plants and whatever he plant nobody can uproot it so that's what we y'all I'm so happy about this teaching I don't know about y'all I'm so happy if you're happy and you know if you're happy and you know say hallelujah Hallelujah. (laughs) don't say it too quick (laughs) Mm -hmm. so he said and ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned see they supposed to be mourning for that brother and sister when you have someone that's in a sin you're supposed to be mourning that means that you okay I'll go back to the old testament Do you remember in the old, somebody say, I ain't in the old, we up under the new, uh-huh, yeah. Anyway, the old ain't done away with yet, right? You still go, God ain't going to kill you like he did back then, but his law is still his law, amen? So this is what happened. Y'all remember when Joshua, he um, won the battle in Jericho, but when he went to Ai, Ai looked like it was easy. He couldn't win that battle. What did Joshua do? Joshua began to cry out to God. He began to fast. He began to pray and say, wait a minute, God. You told me that everywhere the soles of my feet tread, I shall, see, we got to remind God, I shall possess that land. Now, wait a minute. I know you don't lie. So why am I not possessing this land? God said it's sin in the camp. Woo! That's what pastors need to do. When something ain't right in the house of God, you're supposed to be fasting. You're supposed to be praying and say, God, something ain't right up in Miracle Temple. What's going on up in here? So God began to tell him it was sin in the camp. He revealed where the sin was. So what Paul was saying, y'all supposed to be mourning over this. You're boasting. You, You prideful. You act like this is okay. He said, but you're supposed to be mourning. And then he goes on to say that he that have done this deed might be taken away from amongst you. What am I saying here? When you got a person in the body of Christ that saved, that's born again, because when we come in here to fellowship one with another, we are members. We are members. All of us have the same father. If somebody else coming here that don't know him, when we're giving the good news and the gospel and they accept Jesus, they become a part of us. But it don't mean that they have to really join the body of Christ here. They could join another church. But what I'm saying is he's telling them that they're all brothers and sisters and you allow this amongst you. But he said, you got to get this out of the church. And he was telling them to excommunicate this person. Now, let me stop there. That seemed like that's a lot, right? But guess why he did it that way? Because this person was told, if you see someone in a sin and you go go back to Matthew 18, if you have an alt against your brother, alt don't have to necessarily y'all be, let's say Sister Loretta said something that I didn't like. So I took alt against Sister Loretta. But let's say Sister Loretta was doing something that was contrary to the word of God. I can take art then too. Because I'm saying, you coming against my father. You ain't coming against me. You coming against the father that's in me. And I'm watching you do what you do. And I'm not going to you to say, Sister Loretta, can I see you for a minute? Now, if Sister Loretta don't take it from me, then I go get two more. And say, I need for you to be a witness with me on this. Because I don't want that soul lost. I want to make sure she's getting everything that she needs through the word of God. Take the two witnesses. She don't receive them. This is the last step. This was coming to the church. Everybody was being a part of this person leaving the church. Because the Bible says you treat them just like a heathen. Just like a lost person because they didn't receive you the first time. They didn't receive you the second time. Now the third time, when you bring it towards the church and they still not receiving and want to do what they do. Booyah. You dismiss. This is the word, y'all. Do you know this is not happening? You know why it's not happening? Because we say, I don't want to bother that one. You know what's going on, but you don't want to say anything. And this is what happens when we don't. He said, for verily as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have judged already as though I was present concerning him that has so done this deed. Paul wasn't even there, and Paul said, this is what needs to be done. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, aren't we gathered together? and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one to Satan for destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. This is what's, what he's telling them. Now, this is what's going to happen to him. I want you to excommunicate him, send him out of the church because he's still doing what he's doing after he know what he's doing is wrong, but he continually do it. What he's saying, turn him over to Satan, it does not mean that this person is not saved, y'all. It means that this person is not taking heed to the word. So send him out of the church, far away from the believers, and let Satan have him. Let him go through what he's going through so he can come back where he's supposed to be. See, some of us is trying to keep people, but they're still lost in a way. Because we're not let doing what the word of God tell us to do. Y'all, it is no order in the church. You know what people say? We're saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. God ain't going to lead no fornication in church. He's not. He's not going to allow that. If you know what grace did, you will turn away from what you're doing. So evidently, you have not had a relationship with grace. Because grace ain't going to have you doing the same thing a different day. And grace ain't going to have you manipulating and trying to set up some sex either. Oh, yeah. You're so quiet in here. This is what he said. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leavened the whole lump? Let me tell you what's happening. In the Old Testament, when they got ready to leave out of Egypt, They had to bake bread, but he said, bake bake the bread unleavened. I don't want you to put no yeast in that bread. Because if you put yeast in that bread, guess what it's going to do? It's going to spread, right? So he was telling them, he said, what has happened in the body of Christ is by you leaving that person in the church, what he's doing is going to spread through the church. And that's what's happening in the church. Don't you know people know who's sleeping with who? Y'all, it's, it's not going to be a thing that's hidden. Your sins will find you out. Sometimes you saying, let me tell you something, man. I'm going to hit that. Watch what I tell you. I'm going to hit that. They go to church to hit it. Right in the church. They pick up women in the church. Loose women in the church. Looking for a man, looking for a woman. I'm tired of being lonely. A spirit, no, a spirit. Let me help you with that. Hey, my name, oh, by the way, I'm saved. Them the ones you better watch. Because, see, the enemy will set you up. You already know what you're after. So they had to get him out of the church because it would go through the whole church. See, that's fornication, y'all. This is discipline in the house of God. You have to be disciplined in the house of God. If me as a pastor don't bring discipline when I see what's going on, then guess what? If I don't do it, that means I'm subject to it. I'm doing just what you're doing. If I don't get rid of it, that means I like what you're doing. Call the rest of the fornicators as long as they bring the tide. Don't work like that. That's why. I get called out so much. I'm too holy, y'all. I love my daddy and he loves me. I only see and say what he see and say. (laughs) So that's what we're supposed to do. The more you in the word of God, love, don't sit there and allow somebody to do something that's going to bring something in their life that's going to hurt them. So this is why that's dealing with the, the first part was fornication. It was incest. Now, this is the thing that he was saying, too. I'm going to another one. He began to talk about, oh, let me, let me say this, too. This is what happens, too. In um, communion, we come together in communion to celebrate, to fellowship what the Lord has already done. We don't come have communion, taking the bread and the juice, which represents the wine. We don't take that. To get something done. We coming in here and we fellowship and we giving God glory for what he has done. So if you got a fornicator, which is part of the body of Christ, which is a member, which is a leader, and they are taking communion, and you know that they are fornicating me as a pastor, if I know they are taking communion and doing something that they should not be doing, I'm partaking in their sin. And I am saying, what he done for us, I'm not honoring it. I'm dishonoring the Lord. Y'all, this is serious. You have to have respect. Where you give honor to God, that mean you fear God. That mean you fear him. That mean you love him so much and you was taught by him the right way that you are not allowing this. I told y'all when we used to have Bible study in the home, I had someone um, to come way from Goldsboro to do a teaching one night. And I had this gentleman in there, and he, you know, just spoke all out of turn. He spoke what he thought he knew, and, and, you know, we tried to keep him quiet, and he meant well, but he just needed to be quiet. So when the lady came, and, you know, she was just in love with the father, and he just wouldn't hush. This woman became so spiritually angry. She said, I refuse to stay in this house, and my God is being disrespected like this. I had to pull her to the side. I said, I am so, so sorry. He means no harm. That's just who he is. That's what he does. So she said, okay, no problem. Oh, y'all, he done it again. She left. And I couldn't get mad. Because I had to get that out of my house. Because when you have somebody that's, oh, I'm getting to the word right here in the scripture. Oh, y'all, it's getting deep now. And y'all going to understand who's around you. Who's amongst you. When you're not in the word of God, you'll let anything happen even in your house. Because you think it's okay. This is why when we're watching television and bleep, 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 bleep. It do it tear you up on oh, click up I can't take it no more now I let you go on that one because they said it was some kind of Christian show so maybe it's in, in the part of it that's um we need to hear maybe the rest are good have y'all ever seen a show like that you saying, well maybe the rest are good maybe it's part of the plot or whatever but then <laughs> Jesus that's just too much you done took me to hell and back and I sure don't want to go there <laughs> So this is what I'm saying. That's showing disrespect to the father. Because when we sit, let's just repent. Jesus. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Let's don't play. We need to repent. Because all of us have watched as the stomach turned. We have watched all of these shows. And we have just told people about how. And then we'll say, it's a little bit of cursing in there. Watch that cursing. But it's a good storyline. They should have took that cursing out. Don't we do it? We do it. But the Holy Spirit he's there to say, if you hear him when you're watching something, he say, turn it, turn it. Yeah. Now, if it's something he wants you to get out of it, and you don't feel no conviction, true, you okay. But if immediately he say, turn it, because I'm going to tell you something, women, if your husband had an affair on you, and you thought you forgave that husband, and you turn on a show where that husband is going with every Sally Sue and whoever, then you find out you ain't actually forgave him because you done hit him and hit him hard. That show bought something out of you. So what I'm telling you is the Holy Spirit will let you know, but we as Christians, as the ones that have a relationship with him, that fellowship with God, we don't allow this. When we come together, we're supposed to love each other enough to go to our brother and sister, to let them know what's right and what's wrong. That's the love of God. And if you can't go to your brother or sister and tell them what the word of God is saying and they're always offended, then that's why he gave you Matthew 18 to take two more people. Take it to the church. Y'all, this is deep. I'm taking my time on this. Y'all mind? Everybody, Jennifer, say, mm mm-mm. Now listen at this. In verse 10, it says, let's go to eight. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven. Y'all know who that old leaven was, right? Neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. That unleavened didn't have yeast in it. It didn't have any wickedness. I wrote unto you an epistle not to company with fornicators. Now, he's going to break it down. Yet not all together with fornicators of this world. Now, see, he had to break it down because he's saying you can't quit your job because it's a house full of fornicators, people. Because you're going to have them in the world, but you ain't going to do like the world does. Amen. Or with covetous, ooh, or extortioners or with idolaters. For then must ye need to go out of the world. All of this is in the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother, y'all better hear this, be a fornicator, covetous, an idolater, a railer, drunken, extortioner, with such and one, no, not to eat. I'm finna break it down. Church, we have problems. Some of us knowing the person we're eating with that we're friends with is a fornicator and know they keep on fornicating i'm talking about the ones that you're joined together with brothers and sisters the bible said you don't keep company with them you know why you don't keep company with them some of y'all look like your puzzle because you agreeing with what they're doing if you're with them and you're giving them the word of God and you're saying God is telling you, flee fornication because you're giving them the word of God and you still keeping company with them and you know what they're doing is wrong, it is out of the will of God. That makes you partake of their sins. You cannot sit there, come on, let's go out to eat. Come on, let's do this. Come on, let's do that. If they're not willing to change, people, they're believers. They don't supposed to be doing this stuff. And people are telling them, pray about it. God understand. That's why he said grace. And he said mercy too. But you don't just use the grace card because you want to go sleep with somebody. And it said a person that's greedy of gain. A person that's greedy. That's a covetous person that's always going after stuff. Always wanting stuff. See, you have to separate yourself, y'all. Because the people in the world, you know what they do. You ain't gonna be hanging with them all the time. Jesus was around them, but he knew they were lost. And he was bringing the word of God change. Now, once you drop off the word, that don't mean you say, you wanna go out. You wanna go party. Now, your brother and sister, all y'all in here, y'all getting taught the same thing. I use Teresa, for example. Teresa's getting taught the same thing. And Teresa's getting the word of God, but. People in the church is seeing what Teresa is doing and we know she's getting the word of God. Do we let her stay in what she's doing and keep laughing with her, cutting up with her? Or do we pull her aside in love and say, I want to remind you of what our father has to say. We give it to her in love. You don't keep fellowshipping with somebody that's keep dipping and tripping and doing all this stuff, and you know they're doing it. So you become partaker. You letting them know, it's okay, Teresa. Have fun, girl. You're still young. Do, do what you got to do. Just don't, just don't let me see you do it. Mm-hmm. So that, Teresa is saying, well, I'm okay. Pastor see me do it. She ain't saying nothing. I'm Okay. So, y'all, we have to really take this to account. We really do. We have to stand up for what the word of God tell us. We cannot be partakers of that because guess what? A little leaven. Leaven's the whole lump. So, we have to be careful. Covetous, And we look at covetous in Acts 5. Y'all know what happened to Ananias and Sapphira, Right? When they sold some land, they were part of the body of Christ. They sold the land. they supposed to gave all the price of the land um, to the apostles, laid it at their feet. What did Ananias come in there and do? Lie. He didn't lie to Paul. He lied to the Holy Ghost in Acts 5. Did he not? He lied. Do you know what you call a person like that in church? A hypocrite. A pretender. A play actor. Someone that say they're going to do something and they don't do it. They're telling an outright lie. He was a hypocrite he said that he was going to give all the cost of that land to the church that's what he said y'all read it he didn't do it and what did he do he dropped dead it was consequences for what he done oh thank you Jesus (laughs) then you have um Simon the sorcerer in Acts 8 y'all know what happened to him right supposedly he's supposed to have been saved but when he found out that you can lay hands on people and get the Holy Ghost he said can I pay for that (laughs) So he still had it in him. But guess what? Peter came in and bought some correction, didn't he? He let him know what was still there. Y'all, that's what we supposed to be doing. We supposed to be doing the same thing. And then idolatry. That's anything that comes between God and a believer. Anything that you look at above God, that's an idol. Covet this can be an idol. Um, a man or woman can be your idol. It's all up here in first Corinthians five. This is what was going on in this church. They had idols It come through covetousness. If I love my husband more than I love God, he's my idol. I'm putting him above God. And I supposed to be chastised on that because he said, have no other God before me, y'all. So this is why we have to be disciplined in church when we see people loving on man or woman or a job or cars or anything more than they love on God. That means that that's your idol. Money is an idol. When you're trying to find ways to get money, working overtime to get money, not coming to the house of God, that is your idol. That's who you put above God. All of this was right here in this one chapter. And then here go another one um a railer y'all this one, one that got me one who scoffs insults criticizes or reproaches with an abusive language that's a railer that means someone who you can't uh how can I put it run their mouth all the time they abuse people by what come out of their mouth they don't know how to shut up they're very argumentative they're always arguing back and forth all the time. They're causing all of this stuff in the church. This is what was happening in um, at the Corinth church. So when you have railers in the body of Christ, guess what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to chastise them. Study to be quiet, baby. Everything don't need an answer. So you have to come back with them. They're scoffers. They have abusive language. They're always out to hurt somebody. They, all, I remember a person that would teach, but they would beat up on people in their teaching. I said, "Oh, no more." They would rail on them in their teaching, beat them down, and thinking they was teaching. I said, "No more." Ah, uh-uh, we we ain't having that in the body of Christ. So these are things that was going on in the Corinthian church. Um, you can look at um, 1 Peter three nine. That's talking about evil speaking, and that's what a railer is. They're speaking evil. Ephesians five five and Colossians three eight. That'll back up those scriptures. And let me give you one on the idolatry. First Corinthians six nine and ten fourteen. And I'm gonna stop right there. And the reason why y'all we are going over this again. You got to recognize what's in the body of Christ and you got to know how to handle what's coming in the body of Christ and you handle it through the word of God. You bring correction to your brother and sister and you do it out of love, not out of abuse, not out of hate. You speak truth in love, y'all, and God wants us to speak truth in love. When your brother or sister is in a fault, you want to go to that brother or sister. You don't sit there and let your brother or sister walk towards a ditch and don't say nothing. And they fall in the ditch when you could have given them correction. Amen. So I pray that so far what we have talked about on church discipline, it helps you to understand. And next Tuesday, if it's the Lord's will, I want to go back over um, excommunication out of the church. Because some people say, Oh, God, it won't be nobody in church. God ain't just going to throw you out like that. That's why he talked to you and he pulled you aside and he counseled you. That's why we um, want to um, have counsel in the body of Christ, not just looking at a person and say, get out, get out. You low down dirty, get out. That's abusive language. <laughs> we don't want to do that. We don't want to say, you know, you fornicator, stand in front of the church. We don't want to do that until that person is in a place that they're saying, I'm not coming out of this. So we want to come together as a body, and we want to bring discipline to that person. If that person don't take that discipline then, then that's when they're out of the church because they don't want to be a part of the body because they want to do what they want to do. Amen? To God be the glory. So I pray that you learned something from that tonight. Amen? Amen. I just honor God in his word because he give us everything we need to go by through his word. Always follow what's in the word of God. Even while I'm teaching, write down the scriptures, follow those scriptures, go back in and ask the Lord to open up your heart, to open up your understanding, the eyes of your understanding. So you will know the hope of his calling. Amen. Amen. Do we have any announcements? Quana?